Now, actually, uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, do all the things. We appreciate it. Glenn Beck is going to be here with the incredible story of one family that Joe Biden actually wants to deport. There's like one. Fa- everyone else can come across the border whenever they want and stay forever. But this one family needs to go. We'll tell you about him. Uh, a new poll could mean good things, maybe, for Nikki Haley in 2024. What does that mean for Ron DeSantis? What does that mean for Donald Trump? We'll get into that in a minute. But we start by doing the McCarthy strategy. And I. I use that term very loosely because I don't know that there is a strategy, but I will tell you this, you know, like when you're at the beach and the battery runs out on your Bluetooth, we are without a speaker. It's true. We are here. We are without a speaker. No speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy ousted as the speaker in first in U.S. history. We're like making we're making history together. You and me, boys and girls. We're doing it. I got the, you got a, I guess, an acting speaker, but all he can really do is call for more votes about who the next speaker is. So this is really, I mean, nothing's going on right now. A lot of conversation. Who are we going to vote for? Who's going to be next? We'll get into that in a minute. We know it's not going to be Kevin McCarthy. Yes, there is a possibility. The rules certainly allow for Kevin McCarthy after he is ousted to just put his name back in and say, hey, uh, let me go for this again. Try to convince maybe some of those people who didn't vote for him to come to his side or maybe a few Democrats to come to his side. He's decided not to do that. Uh, Can't say I blame him on that one. Why you'd want this job? I have no freaking idea. No freaking idea. This does not seem like a fun job at all. But uh, look, McCarthy wanted it more than life itself. He got it. And uh, sometimes you you get what you wish for and you're not all that happy about it. Um, The interim GOP speaker has ordered Pelosi and Hoyer out of Capitol offices. This is kind of a fun development. Patrick McHenry, who very close um, ally to uh, McCarthy, he's the acting speaker and he uh, basically booted a couple of Democrats out of their uh, plush offices. Why? My guess is they went to him and pleaded and said, come on, let a few of your pe- the people in your caucus come over and protect McCarthy so we don't have to do this nonsense. The Democrats said, no, screw you guys. We're not going to do that. And when that happened, they said, OK, that's fine. But we don't have to let you keep those offices. And so Pelosi out. And I think it was Hoyer was the other one. Yeah, Ho- Hoyer out as well from their offices. Now, where does this leave us? I mean, the first question you ask about all of this is how do the Democrats feel about it? Do they feel good or bad about it? it? Kind of instructs maybe how we should feel about it a little bit, right? I mean, if they hated this move, maybe it was at least a good move for us. Maybe if they had a, a person they could constantly manipulate and, and move around, maybe uh, they would be angry about this. But of course they weren't. If they thought they could move McCarthy around, why wouldn't they save him? They decided not to. McCarthy is is a somewhat uh, difficult figure here. He's not all bad and he's not all good. I would say I'm not a huge fan of McCarthy, but to say he's uh, been the worst speaker ever, I don't think would be accurate. I mean, Boehner was way worse than McCarthy. It's not even close. Um, and you see that the Democrats are thrilled to see this happening. Now, part of that is just them just cheering on the chaos. As, by the way, to be fair, we would absolutely do. If AOC got Pelosi thrown out of uh, House leadership or Hakeem Jeffries, if he ever gets that job, we would be thrilled and just dancing on all of their graves. So I can't blame the Democrats at all. This is a fun moment for them. Plus, it hides what 
is going on in the country, right? The economy is faltering. We have all these issues with funding of Ukraine and uh, all the problems. Gas prices are going up. The border is a disaster. No one's talking about that, which is, of course, good for Democrats. So generally speaking, this is obviously a positive thing at the moment for Democrats. Um, now, one of the reasons, and this is complicated, right? One of the reasons why Matt Gates went after Kevin McCarthy, I mean, I think there's just an intense personal dislike there. That's part of it. Nancy Mace, I mean, it's almost entirely, it seems, just personal distaste. And that's fine. You could not like somebody. I don't know if that's a good reason to vote them out from being speaker, but that's what a lot of this seems to be motivated on. The other explanation is this spending bill. Now, look, I think that there is a an element of truth here, right? This is, I don't like this, these continuing resolutions. I don't want them to be passed this way. The previous bill that they proposed, that Gates opposed, uh, was better for Republicans. The, the last one the House tried to pass. That was a better bill than the one they wound up passing. Uh, but Gates and his friends blocked that. So, look, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. If they thought it was a bad bill, they should uh, vote against it. But it didn't wind up in better things. And this is sort of the lesson that we need to learn or at least be aware of, right? When you have a House like this that has so few people um, uh, in, a minor in a majority, and you can only lose a few... Well, when you're in that situation, you really have to be careful and really have things well planned out. I remember a friend of mine back in high school, he, uh, there was a, a bully running through the halls after one of our friends, and he was passing by him, and he decided to do the thing that I guess you're supposed to do. I, th I think it's admirable. He just stuck out his foot and tripped the guy to stop him from chasing one of our friends. And that decision felt really good for about five seconds, and then you realized... The bully is now on the ground right next to you. Your friend is long gone. And now it's you versus the bully. Now you've taken that problem on. The problem for you, at least in your case, just got a heck of a lot worse. And you have to wonder whether you're putting yourself in that position with this type of fight. Now look, McCarthy hasn't been perfect. He's had a couple of good wins. I think you look at things like um, the investigations that have been going on, I think have been very positive. There's been a couple of good bills. They were able to strip out the, the Ukraine funding out of this spending bill, even though it wasn't a good spending bill overall. Getting the Ukraine funding out of there at least creates a conversation on what we're doing there, which I think is, is important. But like one of the things uh, that is at least rumored to be the case, and I believe this is true, is, for example, you know, we talked to you um, in, previously this week, and we're going to address it even more in the coming shows, uh, this January 6th story that was broken by TheBlaze.com and Steve Baker. Now, he's getting all this video from, the House has to approve the video that he's getting. He has to, if he's requesting certain time codes, that needs to be approved by the House. Will he get that stuff now when there's no speaker? They can't really do much of anything without one. And my guess is all of that stuff is going to just grind to a halt. Again, that's not good for Republicans or conservatives. That's good for Democrats, uh, at least delaying that out a little bit farther. I'm not here to defend McCarthy. I honestly, like, I can barely ever remember his first name. I want to call him Andy every single time. It's Kevin. I don't have much of an opinion on him. In the if you look at the hand he was dealt, which is a very small uh, majority and no Senate and no presidency, I don't know that you're going to expect too much more from somebody else. I don't think he was the worst guy in the world. I don't think he was great. But I mean, I don't know. Can you improve on this? Probably, but so much that it would be noticeable. I don't know. Maybe we'll get into some of the other candidates here in a second. Um, 
the funny thing with McCarthy is probably if he would have just let this ride out, if he would have let this spending bill, uh, he wouldn't have passed it there and let the government shut down for a couple of weeks. The pressure starts building. People start talking. Maybe you get another concession or two. He probably would have not been thrown out. But the fact that he did this with Democrats was a big issue for people like Matt Gates. Now, it's important to note here that Matt Gates did the same thing to get what he wanted. Like McCarthy didn't want the government to shut down. He wanted something. What did he do to get it? He worked mostly with Republicans, but also got some Democrats as well on board to pass it. Well, what Gates wanted something, he decided to do something about it. And he worked with only seven other Republicans, far fewer than the spending bill. And then all the Democrats were with him. So the criticism, I mean, it could easily bounce back on Gates here as well. And that is, again, another part of this conversation. It's, it's odd, though, to see him taking this victory lap here because it's not a victory, right? At least not yet. It might wind up being a victory. Maybe something great comes out of this. I don't know. But I will say it's way too early to celebrate this. This is like you're on the sidelines for a football team and it's fourth and eight at your own 25 95% of the coaches are saying, uh, punt, we don't want to risk this. We're at our own 25. It's fourth and eight. Our quarterback sucks. And uh, Matt Gates and a couple of other people are saying, actually, no, we should go for it. And they have this big argument on the sidelines. We should go for it. It's fourth and eight in our own 25. That's insane. What are you talking about? Let's go for it. Let's be bold. Let's do something. Our defense sucks, too. Let's try something here. I don't know. I think that's crazy. Matt Gates wins the argument. And then they all celebrate. Well, you don't celebrate winning the argument to go for it on fourth and eight from your own 25. You celebrate when you convert the fourth and eight and get a first down. You celebrate when you actually achieve something, not when you just make a decision to take a risk. And that is the way we should be looking at this. And I will say, if you're gonna go for it on fourth and eight from your own 25, you better have a really good play lined up. You better have designed the most magical, wonderful play to gain eight yards that has ever been created. Because if you don't have that, what you're doing is wildly risky. And that is kind of where we are. You better have a great play. And I would even argue in this case, you better at least have a play. Right. Something better be in your mind as to what to do. And it doesn't seem like there's much of anything in anybody's mind as to how this thing actually plays out. That's a bit of a problem. Now, they throw McCarthy out. We're already past this decision. The decision's be made. We're going for it now on fourth and eight from our own 25, whether we want to or not. So how does this play out? How what are the situations that make this go to something more positive, right? How does this work out? Let me give you the four scenarios of how this vote likely could play out. First of all, we start out with this one. This is very similar to what happened with McCarthy. I'm giving you a, uh, a split of the Republicans and Democrats in the House. And I, I want you to know, with my trackpad, drew these fancy circles, or at least most of them, myself. Look at that. It's 
maybe some squiggly lines. But the whole point is you're getting all the Republicans all together and at least uh, one above the minor, uh, the majority. You get to 218, you put in a new speaker. This is exactly what happened with uh, Kevin McCarthy, right? You find somebody that all the Republicans are going to agree on. You're not going to get any Democrat support, but you get all the Democrat, all the Republicans, except for, you know, you could probably spare three or four, but that's about it. You get everyone together to agree on someone. Well, who are the people who could fit into that sort of alignment? Um, you know, of course, as a, as a show that leads to the right, we are required by law to tell you that, of course, you do not have to be a member of Congress to serve as Speaker of the House. So, of course, already Donald Trump has been nominated or will be nominated. I mean, look. There's some rumors Sean Hannity said he talked to somebody over there and they maybe Trump might be interested in this this time. I don't know. I mean, like, I'll let's deal with that. Let's deal with that fantasy football trade when uh, when that whole situation comes about and is realistic. We'll deal with that later. Um, more realistic possibilities. Steve Scalise is probably the most likely guy in this scenario. Steve Scalise is basically a very close ally of McCarthy. He's been in leadership forever. You might remember he was almost murdered uh, by an employee or a volunteer, excuse me, of Bernie Sanders in a shooting. And uh, he, however, lives on to this day and would give you, I think, a similar profile as McCarthy. He might do things a little bit differently. But again, this whole thing, and if you saw the note there, what's the result that you're going to see? Probably something similar to what we have now with McCarthy, or had now with McCarthy. Scalise and McCarthy, you're going to get pretty much the same thing. Probably could be a little bit worse, could be a little bit better, but basically around the same thing. Probably the best thing you're going to do in this particular scenario is Jim Jordan. Now, Jordan uh, did announce that he is running. He's been nominated before. He's more conservative than McCarthy or Scalise. And he's aggressive. And, I, you know, look, I would be, I think if you got Jordan through, it would be an upgrade. And that's kind of like converting the fourth and eight, right? I think it probably would be an upgrade for conservatives uh, in the movement. And so I'm really hoping that one comes through. Do I think it's a long shot? Yeah, probably. I don't think you're going to get a lot of moderates that are going to embrace Jim Jordan for speaker, but I'll be rooting for that one, I, I will tell you. So there's your, uh, your basic scenario here. The Get all the Republicans again in the same format as uh, Kevin McCarthy and just get somebody a little bit different, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, but right around the same. So result number one is similar. Okay. Result number two, well, you get... All the Republicans, except for, let's say, the eight that didn't want to vote for McCarthy. And instead of going to the right for this person, they decide to shade a little bit left, go a little bit more moderate and pull in, let's say, three or four. I think all you need is four Democrats. You pull in four Democrats from the other side. And guess what? Maybe it's five. I can't remember. It's four or five Democrats. And now you can put somebody in there who is a little bit better, right? Like you get a little bit more. Uh, for uh, a little bit better for the Democrats. Now, I don't want this to happen. To me, this is worse. This is someone that you're actually pulling Democrats over to vote for. This is someone who's going to have to be known as a very moderate Republican, someone who's working across the aisle all the time. You get the establishment people. You don't get some of the far right people. They bail on you, but you replace them with a few Democrats. It's a possibility. And what does it mean to our current situation, the McCarthy situation? It's worse than that, right? It's not similar. It's, it's worse. We know 
that it's worse because, I mean, look, Democrats would be approving the person. We know it would be worse. Okay, well, let's go to the next one, and it's starting to get a little bit worse now. This one we'll call a much worse scenario, where uh, the middle of both sides kind of come together and say, these fringes are killing us, and we need to have uh, some sensible people uh, from the middle. So this is one where AOC says, no way, I'm not voting for that person. And Chip Roy says, no way, I'm not voting for that person. And Matt Gates says, no way, I'm not voting for that person. And, uh, you know, all the left crazy left people say no as well. And that middle, the establishment on both sides, come together and pick someone who's not really a Republican or a Democrat, someone who might not even be in either of the parties or at least the most, you know, a, you know I don't know, a mansion-esque type of person, right, who might lean left or maybe, uh, you know, a Susan Collins type of person. I know those are senators, but that type of profile where you see someone from the middle that everyone can kind of agree on that's a terrible outcome. That's much, much worse than what we had with Kevin McCarthy. And honestly, it would be terrible. And it's not as bad as the worst case scenario, though, I will tell you. This is a possibility as well. And it's something, this is why you don't risk it unless you have a really good plan. Because this could also play out, especially if we go through 10, 20, 30 votes and still don't have anybody. People are going to start getting desperate. They're going to start getting innovative. We don't want innovation on this. That's not what we want. What if the vote sort of looks like this, where we take all of the Democrats together, and they just pick off whatever, let's say seven, I think it's six or seven uh, Republicans. Think of the most moderate Republicans, the ones that sound pretty much liberal all the time, the people who are voting for impeachment of Trump and who, who are not voting for tax cuts and who are voting uh, for pro, uh, choice, the pro-choice side of the Republican Party. There's a few of them there in the middle. Those people are constantly annoying, uh, basically. You see them on TV. They're on MSNBC complaining about the president or complaining about, uh, you know, some right-wing policy that's gone too far. This isn't my Republican Party anymore, blah, 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 blah. Well, if the Democrats can pick off five or six of those guys, they can name someone who would be uh, the Speaker of the House. And then you're in a situation where you basically lost control of the House of Representatives. It's unlikely but it is also catastrophic. And you don't risk catastrophe unless you can see a real gain. And I will remind you, I've got the cards right here. What are your four results? Similar, worse, much worse, catastrophic. If those are your four choices, where your best case scenario is something similar to what you already have, the risk just doesn't seem worth it. And once again, it's all about having a plan. If, if the end of this game is Jim Jordan, I think you could make an argument that it played out and played out and worked well. He's going to be somewhat similar to Kevin McCarthy, but probably better for conservatives. That would be a win if that one plays out. And I'll be excited about that. But you have to take a cost-benefit analysis. The slight move that you get from uh, McCarthy to Jordan, and maybe slight's not even the right word. Maybe it's a significant one. I don't think it's massive, but I think it's significant. It would be noticeable. But that move to the right, to the more conservative side, comes with the risk of utter catastrophe for the next six, seven months. Right? Isn't that long? No, maybe not. Yeah, you know, no, God, more than that. 15 months, because we got another, a whole other year. God, I'm getting confused with where we are in the calendar. Who knows? Maybe I taped this show six months ago and knew about the McCarthy thing. The point is, don't take risks when you don't know what the outcomes are or you don't have a big win there. It's okay to take a risk when the win is huge 
It's okay to uh, take a risk when the downside is low. But when you have a big downside and a small upside, if any upside, the risk just isn't worth taking. And that's where we are today. Let me tell you about Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post. Now, they just do a great job putting together all sorts of stuff. I have, I have a, you know, like, if you have a whiskey drinker in your house, you've got a great whiskey set, awesome cups, all the little doodads that go along with that. You've got uh, the travel package, which is one that I've uh, had before, and I really like cool travel bags. I'm also a person who has to go to 943 Little League games every week. So having, like, cool gear that's, like, you can just take with you that you like that will, you know, maybe it's a good cooler. I've had a, got a great cooler from a box of awesome in the past. It's just all stuff that you love. And a lot of times I will say it's not even stuff that I knew existed. It's like innovative things that are changing the way that people do stuff. And it's going to change your weekends. It's going to change your life for the better. Plus, it's a freaking great gift. If you don't know what to get somebody, just go to boxofawesome.com. They'll take a quiz, whoever you're giving it to. Uh, the answers will help them pick the right box of awesome uh, for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at 70 bucks, but you only pay a fraction of that price. So sign up. You can skip a month anytime. You can cancel anytime. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. Boxofawesome.com. The code is STU. Get 20% off your first box right now at boxofawesome.com. Code STU. <laughs> I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He's brand new special coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Blaze TV. It's called... Christian family speaks out. Meet the one family Biden wants to deport. Yes, seems like millions of families come here every year and he doesn't want to deport any of them. But this one family, he wants them out. Uh, be sure to stay tuned for that coming up next. Glenn, how's it going? I'm good. Good. I'm good. OK, you have this family coming into town. They're going to tell you their story. Mm -hmm. But go, let's go back, because if you are uh, if you're a fan of the radio show, if you're a fan of the show, going back to like Fox News Channel, or maybe I don't even, maybe even headline news. I don't even remember when this thing started. Eleven. 2011. So I guess that's Fox. Those mm -hmm. are the Fox years. Yeah. Um, this family goes back in, in the show's history a long way. If you remember this, uh, you're going you're gonna, to... If you don't remember it off the top of your head, you're going to remember this when you hear how this went down. Okay, so this is a family that sent their kids to school. I think they had two or three at first, and they were in Germany. They sent their kids to school. They had homeschooled them. And then the government came in and said, you must. <laughs> and so they, you know, that's what Germans always do. Yes. Um, you this know, hits the table on yeah, every other even word. Even if your mother comes with just pastries in the yeah. morning, you must have pastries. <laughs> so uh, they said, she's, uh, you've, you've got to send them to school. And they. Because so they, they, it's illegal there, isn't it? It's, it's illegal. A homeschooling illegal in Germany. Right. So they sent their kids to school. Their kids, they said, they completely changed. Um, they were afraid to go because of bullying. Um, I'd say, who, who could possibly be bullied in Germany? They don't I have don't, any history no, of that. No, they have no history of that. <laughs> That's weird. Um, so they were uh, bullied in school. They withdrew. Um, they were being taught things, you know, in woke Germany at the time. They were ahead of us in some ways back then. Now we make them look like rookies. <laughs> um, but uh, they pulled the kids out of school. You can't do that in Germany. And they were like, look, that we, for religious reasons, we want to teach our kids because what you're teaching in the schools 
goes against what we believe. And uh, Germany said no. Uh, threatened to take the kids away, threatened to put the parents in jail, all kinds of fines. So they fled to the United States, de declared amnesty, uh, said they needed amnesty, which is what amnesty is for, persecution. Uh, the government said no, um, and they were already here. It went to court. The court said no. And this is, I feel like, when we entered the story, yes, right? Right? when yes, we first started yes, covering it. It's right. going and through then, the court system. They say no, and we're pissed off about it. Yeah, and we say, how is this happening? This is what America is for. That's the tired, huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And so we said, um, you know, call your congressman and everything else. So ICE, this is the story now, ICE said, okay, we're just, just come in and check with us once every you know, six months or whatever. And we'll give you a green card, a work permit every year. So they played by the rules. They did everything. Um, and it was kind of this agreement that we're going to live here. You're not going to deport us. Um, but we will come and report to you and show you what we're doing. And we're not breaking the law and everything else. So they lived in Tennessee now for 12 years. Two of their children have grown up, and they've married Americans. There's a grandbaby, um, and I, I mean, I doubt anyone's going to be holding the grandbaby but me on the show tonight, no. but there's a little grandbaby that has been born. Um, there were two younger children that have been born to the parents that moved the family over here. The kids that were born, how does this work out? The kids that were born here, not Americans. I th wait. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. They were born in America. Correct. The, not Americans. The Fourteenth no. Amendment doesn't apply to them. The the uh, American citizen, the girl who had the baby, the you know the younger girl who had the baby, she's an American, married one of the Germans. They had a baby. They claim the baby is not American. What? They all have to leave. It, what, one of the, what, what happened about you get married to an American and you could... Mm -mm, right. That doesn't, they're all leaving. If they're returned, they will go to jail. They will face fines. If they go back to Germany. Yes. And their kids will have to go to school in a school that they don't want their kids to go to. Why, out of all of the million... You can drive drunk as an illegal alien. Mm-hmm. You can even, you could sell crack, you can rape, you'll go to jail, but they won't deport you if you go to jail. But this one family. But this one family. Why? Hmm. I mean, maybe they'll have some perspective on this when you talk to them tonight, but like, you know, I don't, I don't, they're going to have perspective, but it's going to be very soft spoken because I said to them, you can't go home. And they said, we obey the law. And if the law says we go home, mm. we will get on that plane. And I'm Gosh. like, that's amazing. Do, do they have any perspective as to why? Why are we'll they being tonight. targeted? We'll find out tonight. I mean, it just it seems to me as an yeah. outsider, like it's just revenge, right? Like the maybe the Biden administration is angry about Greg Abbott sending buses to New York or whatever, causing them problems. And so now I, they decided to target. Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know, but somebody has too much time on their hands. Yeah. With all the things that are on fire, you're going to take this good family in good standing who has a reason not to go back? Since when do we send people back to where the children could be taken away from their parents because of what they believe, that they believe in God, that they want to educate their own children? When would we ever do that as a nation? We are, we are in... Um, we live in a country that is not the United States of America as we understood it under the Constitution. Yeah. We're just not. Fundamentally, I mean, one of the yeah. defining we just found is the I found out about this last week, mm -hmm. um, and the date for them to be sent back is October 11th. Just next week. I mean, do they think they're really going back to Germany next oh, week? Oh, they do. Oh my gosh, this is oh, they do. All right, you got to watch this tonight. It's it's coming up uh, the next uh, here on Blaze TV. Uh, it's something we all have to be aware of. Yeah. Um, let me just switch gears before we leave here to the House. Uh, the McCarthy, he's out. Um, do you see a path forward where maybe there's some optimism? Is it Jim Jordan? I mean, if he can get in there, that could be good. <laughs> I, I can't even convince myself of these things, but... Jim Jordan would be good. He would be good. He would be good. But I just feel like good things would don't happen. Would he get in? Is right. he going to get in? No, no good things happen to us. Okay, good. Um, and the, the, the Republicans are so worthless. They, they would, I'm, I'm convinced, there are enough Republicans that would rather have Hakeem Jeffries than Jim Jordan. Really? You Now, bet. they can't admit that. They can't vote for it. But you think if they uh, were, you think they might vote for Hakeem Jeffries? I don't know about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna rule that one out. I think maybe a, I don't know, maybe a couple would, but uh, but there is something to be being in the minority, right? You don't have any responsibility. You don't have to actually govern. You get to just complain all the time and and raise money. And I mean, there's something to that probably for a lot of these guys. If you don't know what time we live in now, I've read two articles in the last 24 hours. Describing the time we're living in as revolution, okay, it's just not a revolution with guns, but it is revolution, mm -hmm. okay? Um, if you don't understand that, if, if you can look at the news today and see that the FBI has just opened a new file because they are so convinced that Donald Trump supporters are going to be the cause of uh, strife and riots and bombings and everything else, that they are making a list now of Americans who are Trump supporters. The problem is they don't know how to classify them because they don't want to say they're Trump supporters, but that's the earmark. If you don't understand what time we're living in, and you're like, well, you know, I'm just going to play on the side here just a little bit. I mean, I don't know. God help you, because mm -hmm. the, the cost, the cost on our children's heads, on our grandchildren, our children's children, we are going to be remembered as the ones who lost it because we were too engaged in what? In what? What was more important, Grandpa? What was more important, Dad, than my future? Hmm. It's scary. 
It's scary. Um, let me hit one more thing before you go. Uh, the uh, Steve Baker investigation. Uh, we talked about him on radio this morning. This is something, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. It's something a little, somewhat new to, to the Blaze. We've done some of this stuff in the past. It seems like we're doing more of this deep investigation yeah, you'll stuff un- now. Yeah, I mean, I know you know, but the, the audience, you will understand. Um, big things are coming to the Blaze, and I'm, I'm really excited about them. I, I mean, are, are you surprised at all that they would try this type of thing, lying about an incident that they didn't actually see, that Nancy Pelosi's head of security, this is on video, considering all this video exists, are you surprised that they would no, go to I'm these No, I'm not lengths? surprised that they would do it. I am shocked that they thought they could get away with it, that they believe they are so locked down. And quite honestly, they may get away with it. Mm. We may know, but for any other case like this, if you have the def, uh, the uh, prosecution holding back evidence, knowing that there's a sculptory um, evidence that one of your witnesses is lying, you know that once that comes out, that case mistrial instantly, everyone's released. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just go back to OJ, like just Mark Correct. Furman saying a word multiple years previous was enough basically to blow Correct. that case up. When Correct. you have a big, a very important witness in this case. A uh, very important witness, one that is from Nancy Pelosi's office. You had two witnesses say exactly the same thing, describe what happened to them, except they were both doing it in first person. And they matched exactly. So Mm. this one said, this guy's up here as I come up the stairs. This guy says, or this guy says, this guy was as I came up the stairs. They're telling the same exact story. Like it was fed to them. Like it was fed to them Mm. and they didn't know which. And it, it, it was in the testimony and nobody said anything. And now with, with Baker's work, we, now we have the video. And if these people sit in jail, th- this is, I'm telling you, uh, Dershowitz, we should call Dershowitz next week about this, send him the story. I, I think that's another strike to Banana Republic. Mm. Terrible. Uh, Glenn Beck, uh, not, not, you're not terrible, but the story is terrible. Glenn Beck, the special is coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's called Christian Family Speaks Out. Meet the one family Biden wants to deport because there really is basically only one. Be sure to stay tuned. And, of course, the best way to watch is with Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Thank you. We are in a deep countdown here, ladies and gentlemen. Only 10 days left for GenuCell's incredible dark spot package sale. Yes, go to GenuCell.com slash right now. Get the dark spot corrector. It's a must-have uh, after months and months of record heat and humidity. Included with uh, every most popular package. Sunspots, brown spots, uh, discoloration, uh, even dry inflamed patches. Uh, whatever you got going on, if you don't like it, Make it disappear in front of your very eyes with GenuCell. It's the best in skincare. You can take advantage of the GenuCell most popular package right now. Includes the dark spot corrector, plus classic GenuCell bags and puffiness treatment and immediate effects. It's all about 70% off. And you can try the best skincare in the world risk-free because GenuCell will give you the guarantee. You'll see results on day one or your money back. 
It's simple. Go to GenuCell.com slash Jew today. Start looking years, even decades younger. Starting tomorrow, all orders are upgraded to free shipping. You'll see results day one, and you'll get compliments everywhere you go. Guaranteed. GenuCell.com slash Jew. GenuCell.com slash Jew. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Stew. Well, a new poll is out in New Hampshire, obviously very important state, and it's pretty good news for uh, probably Nikki Haley. Certainly, well, I should know, every one of these polls is better news for Donald Trump, right? So as a given, we just eventually think this is going to settle down into Trump versus somebody, and who, everyone's trying to vie to be whoever that somebody is. And right now, Nikki Haley is having some pretty solid polling. The latest um, poll has her ahead of Ron DeSantis. Now, she's at 19% of this poll, Still 30 points behind Donald Trump, who's at 49. So it's Trump at 49, uh, Haley at 19, and then DeSantis at 10. Now, DeSantis has never been nearly as strong in New Hampshire as he is in Iowa. Iowa is really his target. New Hampshire really has kind of been a mix between uh, Haley um, and Christie and a little Tim Scott in there at times. So it's been a different picture. Ramaswamy's appeared here and there. And Ramaswamy actually, I believe, is... No, Christie is, is next at 6%. Ramaswamy and Tim Scott at 4 And then Pence and Burgum way back at 1%. I mean, the Pence thing, I mean, it just... I mean, look, he's, he was never going to win New Hampshire anyway, but he's not even doing well in Iowa. Uh, he really has no path. He should drop out. I, look, Tim Scott uh, is the podcast of the week for Glenn Beck. Uh, he was in here. He's doing presidential podcasts with as many of the candidates that will show up. Tim showed up. He had a good interview. I mean, like, I think he's better in that format than he is in debates. And uh, that's going to be released, I think, later this week. I'm not 100% sure. Um, maybe tomorrow. It's usually Thursdays if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash stew. Uh, the point being, though, that, uh, you know, I don't think Scott is going to make it. Um, I think it would, he's probably another candidate to drop out, especially with Haley showing. I don't know how you're going to beat Haley in South Carolina. Um, if you're Tim Scott, probably not going to happen. But uh, so there you go. That's the state of the race in New Hampshire, at least according to this most recent Suffolk University Boston Globe poll. And then another poll out today. Uh, this is NPR, PBS NewsHour and Marist. You notice how many polling organizations are now tied to these, all these media organizations, because they cost so much and they're hard to do. So now there's like nine different organizations get together to pay for these things. But um, Biden, 49, Trump, 47. That's a national poll among independents. Trump led by eight percentage points, 50 to 42. Uh, poll also found that 49% of Americans think Trump has done something illegal. 38% say Biden has done something illegal. And 50% of Americans now think Biden's son, Hunter Biden, did something illegal, which is an incredible number. Now, and you think, oh, wow, 50%, that's a lot. That's all, you know, more than just Republicans, some independents in there too. No, Hunter Biden has already tried to plead guilty to crimes. It just shows how little people know about this. He's already said he did these things. And people were like, I don't know. Did he do something illegal? He said he did something illegal. I mean, it's not all the stuff that he did. But I mean, he's on tape doing cocaine off of hookers. What do you mean he hasn't done anything illegal? This world is bonkers. what would it be like if all of a sudden everything got screwed up even more than it is right at this very second? I know you don't think it's possible, but I 
promise you it is. Think about like supply chains breaking down. Think about you're not being able to get food or water or God only knows what. How about medication? It's not the thing that kind of pops to your mind first. I think a lot of people have these prep kits. They make sure they do all their prep. They want to be prepared for a hurricane or anything that's going on. And, and that's great. But medication's really important. I don't know. Do you take medication every single day? A lot of people do. If you do, you better have some way of getting that to yourself. Now, one easy, basic way to do this is the Jace case, the Jace case from Jace Medical. This is a great way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, things like respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and a lot more. It's a great way to be ready for shortages, and it's perfect for traveling. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout for a discount right now at jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I was in Arizona for a weekend, uh, I don't know, gosh, it was a few months ago now uh, with my wife, and we walk out from the hotel, and there's you know, a little circular turnaround place, and this car pulls up, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's a strange looking, what's weird about that car? And it pulls up and then it goes by us and I realize no one's driving it. <laughs> it's, they have these things actually active in, in the Phoenix area right now where uh, you can go and you, they have these, this cab company. You could just go on an app and call the car and it pulls up and there's no one driving it. And you get in the back and it drives you wherever you want to go and it lets you out. It's weird. It looks freaking weird. I'm still not used to it. I don't know that I'll ever get used to it. Uh, but in San Francisco, they're getting used to it in a way I don't think they were really planning for. A freak accident has happened uh, as a, a robo-taxi in San Francisco has trapped a pedestrian under it. Uh, apparently just kept kind of rolling over it, uh, crossing a busy intersection, was struck by a regular car first and then hurled beneath a, uh, a cruise autonomous vehicle. Uh, the, she was Trapped for several minutes until firefighters came along and freed her. She's, I guess, okay. She went to the hospital. She was in critical condition, but it looks like she's going to make it. Um, fingers crossed, of course, on that one. I will say, you know, in San Francisco, it's not just all of the citizens trying to kill you. It's the robo-taxis as well. Okay, so here's what happened. A water park can be a world of wonder, can't it? I mean, as long as you don't think about what's actually going on. Because in reality, there's a bunch of kids peeing in the water. There's somebody throwing up because they just went on a loop-to-loop -loop, you know, water slide after three funnel cakes. It, you don't necessarily want to think about what's actually going on around you, but they can be really fun. I mean, I used to love going to water parks back in the day. And I have kids, so I'm at them you know, more than you'd ever imagine. But what I will say is there are certain rides that can be really intense. Uh, and someone had an experience like this at Disney World. The, uh, the water slide's called the Humunga Cowabunga at Typhoon Lagoon. It's 214 feet. That's a, that's a big slide. And they are now suing Disney World. Why? Because they got a painful wedgie. And uh, that's, that's not good. You don't, you don't want a painful wedgie. You don't want any wedgie, but you really don't want a painful one. Uh, here's the slide, by the way. This is what it looks like, and you kind of see the top of it. It is pretty steep. I feel like I've been on water slides that are steeper than that. That doesn't look like them, you know. There are some that are, I, there's one at Wet n Wild in Orlando. I remember as a kid thinking it was like straight down. I don't know. I mean, was a kid, who knows. But I will say they're saying that it was, uh, it, it turned, um, it, 
it was a painful wedgie and, and caused bleeding. The lawsuit said an ambulance took the, the wife to the hospital. She was eventually taken to another hospital for a specialist. Continue to say that she suffered severe and permanent bodily injury to her private area and damage to her internal organs. What what happened? What was this swimsuit made out of? Uh, it was ribbed and spiked for her pleasure, apparently. Um, very, very ugly. This is, might be one of these cases like the McDonald's uh, coffee situation that sounds like a bizarre, funny lawsuit until you realize what actually happened. I don't want to know any more details. I don't want any more details about this story.